Hi, everyone. I'm Mark Stenson. I'm founder of Bioscience Bridge, LLC. And if you want to learn how to design your best life and have the courage to live it, then you should be listening to the More Than Corporate podcast with my good friend, Amber Furman. Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. This is the third interview that I get to do at this amazing PodMax event. You guys hear me talk about it all the time. If you still have not jumped on that wagon, you absolutely should, because this is going to be another amazing conversation. I am connecting with Mark Stinson today. He is the founder and principal of Bioscience Bridge LLC, a conscious brand consultancy. His work has included market research, customer journeys, product branding, and marketing strategies for health, science, and technology products. He is the author of many business books, including Patient Activation, Fast Forward Branding, Customer Chemistry, Innovate Creative Groups, and A World of Creativity. Mark hosts two weekly podcasts, Teleki Leadership Stories and Unlocking Your World of Creativity. Mark has been included in the Pharma Voice 100 Most Inspiring People in the Life Sciences Industry. And I am so excited to dig into this conversation. It's going to be so great. Before we do, really quickly, if you are like me and you're that person that's been sitting on your couch saying, I'll be happy when I just need to keep working, keep losing weight, keep building my career, whatever that sentence is for you, and then I'll be happy. If you've ever felt like you've done everything that you're supposed to do and you're just waiting for life to fall into place, everybody around you is telling you how successful you are and you just die a little bit more inside every time they say it because you don't feel it, then the Design Your Life Mastermind is for you. The most powerful question anybody ever asked me is what does success mean to you? And if you can't answer that question, then the Design Your Life Mastermind is exactly what you need. It's going to help you get clear on what success means. It's going to help you build a well-rounded life and create a business that fits into the life that you want to have instead of working and then living on the side of your work hours. If this sounds like something that you or someone that you know needs in their life, please head over to designyourlife.morethancorporate.com, schedule a call. We'll jump on and see if we're a good fit to work together. Without further ado, let's jump into this interview. Mark, thanks so much for jumping on with me. Oh, Amber, it's going to be a terrific conversation. Thanks it for is going to me. be amazing. So as we heard me butcher in the intro, I need to know what does the word that I can't say mean? Where did you get this idea? <laughs> well, I, I can credit, first of all, my co-host for introducing me to the word IntelliKey. Uh, but I have to go all the way back to BC to credit Aristotle with the word. And uh, IntelliKey is a word, a concept 
for your soul's purpose, for your human potential. And the, I guess the metaphor that Aristotle uses is that the tulip is already in the bulb. You know, we, we look in the garden when the, when the daffodils and the tulips come up in the spring and we say, oh, what beautiful flowers. But it's already in the bulb when you plant it. And they have a picture of it on the bag when you buy the bulbs. So there's no question you're getting a tulip. It's going to be yellow. It's going to, you know, this is what's going to happen. Now you need to plant it, water it, nurture it, give it good soil, make sure the sunshine, warm temperatures, all the right things happen. But the potential is there. And so if you think about it as people, as leaders, as managers, as creative people, you know, our potential is there. We just have to give the right environment to let it uh, bloom. Oh my gosh. All of the entrepreneurial metaphors that are in my head right now when you talk about that. <laughs> and I assume that that's the purpose of the title of your book is to make people go, huh, never thought about that before because now yeah. I want to go read it. Yeah. And, and the weekly podcast, again, we thought we were going to talk to a lot of, you know, and, and my co-host is more woo-woo than I. And so I can say, <laughs> I can use that word lovingly, you know, it's not a disparaging word, but I mean, you know, when we talk about our sort of spirituality and our conscious practices and our sustainable world that we want to create. And, and sometimes we delve into crystals and we delve into, you know, as, astrology or wherever we go with this sometimes, but it, essentially we're saying that there are people out there who want to be better people, better leaders, you know, uh, better spouses, better partners, better parents, uh, and they just need the sort of encouragement and, like we say, the environment to reach their full potential. And and the interviews have been unbelievable. So, oh wow, very fun. Yeah. So I'm really interested to know because you mentioned that your partner is way more. Um, woo woo. And I love that word. And I use it all the time. <laughs> yes. I'm, and we all know exactly what you mean. Yes. Like <laughs> I'm the lawyer, the analytical, the give me the, the information. And then when somebody is starting to talk about all this stuff out here, I'm like, whoa, 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 like back up. Right. I'm slowly moving into that world as I get into meditating, as I get into other mm -hmm. stuff and really understand the way the mind works. Cause there's not always an answer, right. Um, finding out that the answer is whatever you think the answer is, was really hard for me to grasp. So I'm wondering for you where you used that comment that she's, that your partner's way more you woo woo than you. Was that hard for you to grasp as well? Did you have a journey in getting to that point where you were willing to go there or have you always been open to it? Yeah, I guess open, yes. But, uh, you know, having experienced maybe my own journey of meditation and, and that practice really helped me calm my mind and that sort of thing. I think I was always encouraged to be more intuitive and let my gut feelings, you know, let my heart feelings guide more decisions than just being uh, either data driven or have it my way was probably the worst uh, direction. <laughs> Forget the intuition. I just want to do what I want to do. <laughs> yes. I'm sure no entrepreneurs listening to this can relate to that at all. None. Uh, so, <laughs> None. But, you know, and also, I mean, my, my wife's a, a Reiki practitioner and she also does a lot of uh, crystal energy work. So uh, to be saying I was surrounded and I was exposed to it, but, but to say, you know, my co-host in this program, you know, describes herself as an intuitive advisor, you know, as a spiritual coach for business people. 
And so where does this idea of intuition come from? You know, how can you tap into it more? How can you be guided to it? And, and the fact that she might be literally a psychic or she might have been trained in shamanic practices. I mean, that's all additive, but to say, you know, you, you do have a lot of this sense that you do know what's right and wrong or you can be guided by that. Uh, it's very helpful. And like I say, it's just fun to talk to some of these other, I mean, truly at a global level, you talk to somebody who's at an executive level at a multinational corporation, and then all of a sudden they have veered off into this other realm. And it's very, very cool to listen to and be a part of. Yeah, it really is. And I think um, for most entrepreneurs, there comes a point in time where you realize that you can't like forcefully beat the world into the form that you want it to be, right? That at some point you have to succumb to the fact that the world is the way that we allow it to be and it's all internal. And, and then you have those conversations and you're like, who is this person talking? So I, I get it completely. Um, when, so when did you start bringing this in? I'm, I'm really curious to bring this to the marketing perspective because mm -hmm. I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine the other day that we all try so hard to find that perfect marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. And we're like, but I don't need to be involved in this, right? I don't need to talk about me. I don't need to talk about this. Let me talk about my business. And that's just not true. So how do you take this type A analytical business person and combine them and make them understand that they have to show up in their marketing? Mm -hmm. Well, I usually use the customer, you know, persona. I mean, you know, you, when we say customer, I have gone to many, many clients. And as you read in the introduction, most of my clients are in health and medical and science and so forth. And so the, the customers would be doctors, for example, or the customers are medical researchers in a lab. Uh, our customers are hospitals. And listen to what we're saying. You know, we need to reach clinics. You're trying to reach a clinic? That's not a customer. That's a building. Okay. And so all along over the years, I've realized that if we think about customers as people, then you kind of get out of their title and get into what's their day like you know, and what other interests they have. And it, again, it used to be, well, let's talk about their psychographics. They enjoy photography. They enjoy cars. They enjoy you know, travel. Well, that, that's at sort of a superficial level, but it's better than just what do they do for work all day. But the more you think about them as people, you realize, you know, they have hopes, wishes, and dreams, just like we do. They have day-to-day -day frustrations. And maybe where your product fits in to their day is not as maybe important as you think it is. It may be one part of their day, but it's they're not sitting there all day long thinking about your positioning statement, wondering when you're going to come by with a message or product sales call. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting for me because I just experienced this firsthand the other day where I was in a networking group and I was talking about what I do and same way that I always do. And there was somebody else that was visiting that networking group that did something very similar to me. So I end mine with talking about goals and all of this stuff. And she pops in and does her commercial and she starts talking about anxiety. And then she talks about goals. And she's like, if you want to work on your anxiety so we can talk about your goals. Let's do that. And everybody flocked over here of, oh, I have anxiety. I have this, I have that. And it made me realize that the human that we're trying to cut out of our marketing messages to look more professional is exactly what makes somebody realize that they need to listen in the first place. 
No question. And I can't help but uh, echo what you were talking about with mastermind groups that you put together. Well, two or three of the most meaningful groups, and I've, I've tended to be a joiner over time. So I like to go to, you know, a networking group, or I like to be in a club, but the mastermind group uh, where there were six or eight, you know, and I won't even say like-minded, but, you know, we were, one was a family business group, you know, another was, uh, again, some small entrepreneurs, but, um, you know, to have an honest conversation about the day in a family business, you had to fire your cousin, you know, and how it was going to be around the Thanksgiving table, you know, or how you had to say, you know, I'm, I've been trying to build this business, but my wife has decided she doesn't want me in this business. What are you doing? And what am I doing? And so to have these deeper, meaningful conversations, and then I was, I felt a little more allowed to bear my soul. You know, the bank has called in my line of credit. Oh my God, the weight, I couldn't sleep. And these people were like, well, you know, A, it's just money and B, figure it out. The bank doesn't want to lose the money either. I mean, so there's this sort of burying your soul. And I go back to that is that we have this inner story as well as the outer story. And I don't know, I could go to a networking group again with this kind of elevator pitch you know, surface level introduction without also maybe going inside a little bit. And that's a new and different <laughs> skill for me. Yeah, it's so interesting to see that shift in not only um, individually, but also just as society. I feel like we're starting to open up to that conversation a little bit more over the last couple of as compared to the last couple of decades where before it was, I mean, if, if you think back to even my parents' generation, if I had told my parents, I'm not happy at work, they would have been like, why is this a conversation? You're not Who supposed is? to be happy at work. <laughs> like, do you have food on the table? Do you have a paycheck? Are you supporting your family? And now you say, I'm not happy at work. And someone's like, why the hell are you still there? Like, it's a complete different conversation. Well, and, and the jokes now about Zoom calls, for example, that you have the kids running in the background or you have the dogs barking. It's like, well, you know, I actually live at home. I have a home. You know, there is life that goes on. And I do think back what you said a couple of decades. So, it, well, it goes back a little further. But, you know, I, I had the two-year-olds in the background of a conference call. My boss is calling me at, I don't know, six or seven at night. What do you expect my house to sound like? And I thought I was going to get fired because there were kids in the background watching TV and eating dinner. Well, it's seven o'clock and I'm at home. Don't you think I'm a person? And, but that wasn't important then to them. It was like, we're, we're here to do work, chop, chop, you know? Yeah. So how do you, or what's the importance of bringing that into who you are in your marketing for whatever you are trying to, to sell in your business? It seems to me that there's a million people out there that do exactly what you're doing and the attraction has nothing to do with what you do, but how and why you do it. So those things are what separate you from everybody else. Um, what is the true importance of bringing that in? You know, I, I, I'd have to say it's because we are waking up to that there are people behind what we think is a buyer, you know, that these customers, these clients are individuals. 
Um, you know, it's funny after working with some clients, for example, you know, for, for years and then to only recently find out, oh, they do Pilates. I enjoy Pilates. I should have asked you a decade ago about Pilates. And yet you kind of thought, well, I don't want to say that because that's sort of the inside my life. It's too personal. What taking Pilates is too personal. We, you know, we're only scratching the surface here. Um, or that, well, I have a golden retriever too. Isn't that interesting? So I, I just think the, the peeling the layers back uh, deepens the customer relationship. And I'm not just talking about, again, the touchy feely stuff, but I, I'm talking about the true understanding of the way your client ticks, what is on their mind. You know, I, I've said for a long time, for example, as a consultant, Maybe my number one job is to help the client in their organization look good to their boss, you know, maybe get a promotion. But how about just to be happier with their job? You were talking about, are you happy with your job? Well, that does matter now. So if I can say, because of a workshop I did, they had a better day, then that was a good day for me too. That's amazing. So how did you get into the world of podcasting? And, you know, we talked about the word I can't say. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm interested to know, you know, the creativity. So you have two podcasts, one about creativity, one um, about just embracing everything that you have inside of you and letting that out. Um, they seem so different and yet so similar. How did you get into those? Yeah, and, and I thought they would be a lot more different and they, they're starting to, to cross paths a little bit more. But, you know, one of my first jobs in college was a radio DJ. I was uh, the nighttime DJ at the Soul R&B disco station, you know, number one at night on KOKA FM, Shreveport, Louisiana. Still can do the pattern. But, uh, you know, so I, I love being on that side of the mic and I love music and so forth. But uh, a couple of years ago, somebody said, you know, hey, I do a podcast you want to do something with. And we did something together. And we actually took those interviews and uh, transcribed, edited and so forth and turned that into a book, A World of Creativity, because they were interviews with creative people all over the world. And I said, that, that's just a taste for me. You know, it was a sampler. It was an appetizer. I said, this is a lot of fun. Plus, it gave me a chance to go back and look at the kind of global connections I had built over my career, realize that maybe these uh, 6,000 LinkedIn followers that I had built, you know, could be more than just thumbs ups and likes on my posts. I say, well, why, why don't I connect with this friend in Madrid? You know, why don't I call my friend in Sao Paulo, Brazil? You know, why don't I talk to the guy in Singapore and the lady I know in London and so forth? And just one thing led to another. And these uh, connections became deeper conversations. And, and like I said, I've, I've learned more about some of the people that I've had on the podcast than I ever would just doing some short program or saying, let's write an article together or some other kind of business call. So that's how I got into podcasting. And since then, I mean, it, it is a vortex of fun and it, it can be over, you, you know this as well as I do. If you didn't have a full-time job, this would be it because it is that much fun. Um, 
but you know, we also have to balance the work. <laughs> True. And it is amazing. It's so much fun to do. Um, there's a couple of things that you said that I think are, are super valuable that entrepreneurs particularly need to embrace. And the first one is the power of true connection, the power of really digging in. And you, you said it perfectly when you talked about just a like or a share. We've entered into this world where you think that because you have 150 likes on your post that you have connections with 150 people. And that's just not true. They, they, they may not even know who you are. They just liked your picture. So what for that person who's gotten sucked into, as my coach lovingly calls it, the entrepreneur um, witness protection program <laughs> of Facebook and hiding, what are those first steps to start to make those connections? Well, one is to think of them as a connection. And, you know, look, just think of something. What, what's a reason you would want to reach out to somebody? You know, if you have a LinkedIn friend or if you have a Facebook friend and you say, you know, maybe I should just talk to him. If there's no better time than this year in this time, in this space, yes. <laughs> just to, to reach out to somebody, then I don't know when it would be. And to say, we've been connected since you know, 2010, and yet we've never had a chance to talk. And I just thought I would click the Zoom button. It doesn't cost any more to call Mumbai, Shanghai, or Dubai than it does to call your neighbor across the street. So why not just click the yes button and say, want to have a chat? And let's figure it out. And so all of a sudden you can talk to this long lost, you know, connection that you have in Melbourne, Australia. And as long as you're willing to get up a little earlier, then, you know, it'll be fruitful. So I tell you, you know, if, if someone finishes this podcast and say that that's a good idea, you could almost just wheel of fortunate. I mean, just sort of wheel of connection, click somebody in your LinkedIn feed and say, write them a note. You know, we've been connected all this time. I'd love to compare notes. How's your business going? How's your life going? Yeah, I think that that's such solid advice, especially because we are in a world right now where you almost cringe when you see a message come into any of your social media profiles because you're wondering what group they want you to join, what they're trying to sell you. And then you get that person from 10 years ago that is like, Hey buddy, how you doing? You're like, what, what MLM did you That's join? Right. Um, so like, have you not needed essential oils? Yes. I, I mean, everyone should, but anyways, like the, the ability to just say, Hey, I really just want to connect is something that's missing horribly from this world right now. Well, and then conversely, I can think of two specific instances, you know, one, one maybe last year that I, I didn't really have a reason. I saw his name pop up in a feed and we, we had had a, an agency client relationship that spanned many, many years. Gosh, it may go back to 2005 for all, now that I'm thinking about it. And yet it didn't end so well. Um, and a thousand different reasons that I won't try to get into. But there was this, hi, I see you every now and then. I do think about the work we had done together over four different companies. And I know our last one didn't end so well, and I regret that. But I hope you're doing well. 
mean, how hard was that? Now, it, it took a long time and it took a lot for me to say that. And I wondered what the reply might be. It could have been, screw you, you know, you're right, it didn't end well, get off my page. But instead it was, you're right. And there were a lot of reasons for that. I'll take my part of ownership of it and uh, hope you're doing well too. Now, there was no cross sell. There was no, I hope we get back together. Let's do, there was none of that. It just, there was a little bow on that, but it just took a lot of that pressure off. And then just like in the last month, I reconnected with a former client. I didn't work with her that long. Uh, it also wasn't the best of experiences that I recall. She recalled it more brightly than I did. And she was like, I don't know exactly what happened. I don't remember any of that. Yeah, it, we had some bumps in the road, but that's life. Uh, so I had a chance to have her on the podcast. She's written a terrific book. And who knows where, where this conversation might go. Again, I'd have no hopes of rekindling some client relationship. And that was not the intention. It was just, hi, it seems like you've been doing well over the past decade you know, since we talked. Don't know why we didn't keep the string alive. But I just wanted to say hello. Yeah. So why not? Put yourself yeah, out there. Yeah, that's so powerful. And something that you said was really, I think, hit the, hit the nail on the head for why people hold back so much. And that was not knowing how it's going to end. You know, we are, like I said, there's people that listen to this podcast that are on all parts of their entrepreneurial journey. And the, the best part about the entrepreneurial journey is embracing that, like, I don't know how this is going to end and I'm okay with it. And it takes a while to get there. But that fear of what if this person rejects me? What mm -hmm. if they don't want to talk to me? What if they ignore me? What if I lose a connection? Like we have all this stuff going on of, of what if and how it affects us, which prevents us from understanding what could really come of, of that connection if we were to reach out. Yeah. Well, and, and there is a resilient part of that, that, you know, sooner or later, you do get a lot of rejection, or you do get a lot of no's, or there's been a lot of breakups, and, you know, contracts canceled, or, you know, whatever the case might be. And I guess what I found, uh, and one of my attorneys years ago said, I was trying to do a uh, sort of a joint venture, I'll call it. And he said, someday, this relationship will end. So just know it will. And you can decide, and what a contract is meant to say is, when it does end, here's how we'll wrap it up. Here's how I'll get paid. Here's how I'll terminate. Here's how long I'll give you. Here's, you know, or it could end beautifully. And we all got rich and we sold the company to a you know, multinational corporation. We all got checks and I'll see you at the beach. You know, either way, you do know it's going to end. Do you want it to end well or do you want it to end messy. Now, the counterintuitive part of this story is I just had to write that attorney a note saying, you know, I haven't worked with you in a long time. Stop sending me bills for things that <laughs> I'm not going to work with you on. <laughs> They're like presumptive bills. Like if I paid yeah. him, he would do the work. It's like, no, oh, that's not exactly how it works. <laughs> that's not, wait, that's no crap. Wait, I got to change my marketing works. strategy. Right. You better change. Amber. <laughs> Dang it. Present company excluded. <laughs> of course, of course. Hey, I always make the joke that I don't like lawyers any better than the, than the rest of them. So no, I love all you lawyer friends that are listening. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so no, I, um, I love this conversation because it's, 
everything that we talk about on this podcast, the vulnerability of entering into a situation without knowing how it's going to end, the willingness to just be present with somebody, the ability to put aside your agendas, to put aside your, um, not your objectives, because I think there's an objective in everything that we do, but just to have the intention to reconnect. And one of the things we talk about at this event that we're at right now, PodMax, so much is um, the power of that one connection, the power of Mm -hmm. that one phone call, the power of that one message. You never know where that person is, what's changed in their life, what they need now. And there's always a reason you think of them. Well, and not even, I mean, as I waded into the water of this uh, group, turns out one of the hosts, uh, Eric, worked at a client at the same time I was working with this client. For all I know, we were in meetings. Of course, I was younger. I didn't really care who was in the meeting. I was there to be the star, you know, not to connect in my younger days. So I don't even know if Eric was there, but he probably was. And then we've had a keynote that we uh, just talked to, James Orsini at the Vanier Group. And uh, he interviewed me for a job years ago. And so I was able to call him after the thing going, James, you know, you interviewed me and and you kind of busted me. So I didn't get the job. And it was probably for the best because I didn't have to move to New York City and buy an apartment, you know, a thousand square feet for a million dollars. So so thanks for rejecting me. You know, thanks a lot. (laughs) Yeah. the, The small world, it happens every day, which is, again, back to our find one LinkedIn and and call them you know, Zoom them, email them, is because what you're going to find out, even when you go to their profile, is that you and them have 14 people in common. And you're going to look at that and go, I had no idea that yeah. we knew all these people in common, because that's yeah. the, that is that power of that one connection. Absolutely. The spider webs of connections it's, that get it's going. incredible. Yeah. So in all of these conversations that we're talking about, I'm interested to weave back into this marketing and branding um, conversation because we show up so differently in different situations and you never know who knows who, and you never know where your next client's going to come from or where your next boss is going to come from. So how do we as entrepreneurs maintain our identity, maintain who we are, not feel like we're putting on a face and yet adjust to each of those environments while maintaining our overall brand? Does that make sense? Oh, it totally does. And I think you're also saying that a lot of times in companies, and I've experienced this, we, we have what we say is our company brand or our product brand, and then we have our personal brand. But more, more and more, they're really, again, merging. Uh, the Venn diagram of <laughs> overlap between those two is incredible. So there, there is a bit of an authenticity to this. You know, you really can't fake it. Uh, so if you claim to be this expert or this inventor or this entrepreneur, Uh, And you say, this is really my sweet spot, or as one person called it, your hedgehog, you know, principle, this is really what I'm passionate about, and what I'm good at, and what I want to make money at. Um, As long as you can articulate that, you can feel authentic, and which I think gives you some extra confidence that I'm really not faking it. And Lord knows I've been there again, when it's like, you're just starting out and it's like, well, I have one client, you know, uh, (laughs) how big is your company? Well, there's two of us, 
you know, in the second bedroom, <laughs> which yes. now is not so unique. It's like, we're all in our second bedroom, but you know, how big is your company has this, how successful are you compared to somebody else? And you talked about all these things about the imposter syndromes and the, you know, all the things that we entrepreneurs go through in our head. And for me, it was always the comparison. They have a hundred people. I only have 25. They have this amount of billings. I only have that amount of billings. You know, I, I always tried to just stay true to, look, I'm a facilitator of your creativity and I'm a strategist. I don't claim to have all the answers, but I can go out and find a lot of clues so I can be your Sherlock Holmes of strategy and marketing, not necessarily, you know, just try to be the answer man. Uh, I can come in and do a workshop where it'll be productive, but you'll also have a fun day at work for a change, you know, and, and enjoy your day and enjoy your colleagues and all that sort of thing. And if I can stay true to that, you know, the, the rest of it, what are your billings? Who are your clients? You know, who else do you work with? All that kind of stuff that... Uh, is like likes and followers and downloads and viewers of your YouTube video and all these other uh, vanity metrics that we often measure our life in. Um, but I think if we stay with our passion, we can always be pretty solid. Yeah. What I'm hearing that is actually a different way than I've ever heard it described before is you know, this is who I am. Here's this personal brand. This is who I am. And this business brand over here is just what I do. Like, these are all the things that I can do. And it's so interesting because I, I've made this comment to people before um, that, especially in the legal world, there was one that was for teachers. There was one that was for um, performers. And there were these memes that went out probably about five or six years ago that said like, being an attorney isn't what I do. It's who I am. And I'm like, oh my God, if these people could understand how dangerous that statement <laughs> is, like we all were like, yeah, that's who I am. And then we're like, now I'm like, no, it's not who I am. Like I crashed because I thought that's all I was. Um, so I love the way that you describe it. You know, this is who I am. These are my hobbies. These are my interests. This is my personality. This is who I am. This is what I can do for you. That's really interesting. Yeah. And it, and it kind of gets you through the dark periods, because if I've defined myself as the president and CEO of this business, you know, and, and that's my life and times, and then everything doesn't work out perfectly, you know, it's as if you're not going to have a life after or outside this company. And what I discovered, because I did go through one of those dark periods, it's like when people say they can't sleep at night, I, I really did not sleep for I think it was 60 days with this weight of a you know, financial thing over my head. And when you can't sleep, then you can't think straight. And when you can't think straight, you make a lot of dumb choices. And then when you make dumb choices, you're digging out <laughs> for a long time. But, but if I would have only realized then, and this is total hindsight, and it's helped me through some other difficult periods, is that there will be an after. You know, you could at the core of who you are. So there'll be another, you know, workshop. There'll be another client. That client is moving on to another company. They'll hire you again, you know, or you, why don't you take this experience and put it in a book? 
you know, why don't you start a podcast talking about it? You know, what, whatever the case is. I know, Amber, especially during these difficult uh, times in our lives, our world, our economy, there, there is somebody listening to this right now that is up against a wall. And I just have to say, you know, there is something on the other side of that wall. Uh, and I say that you, this is not a video podcast, I don't think, so they can't see the gray hairs. Uh, but I can assure you, there is something on the other side of that wall. So stay true to yourself. That's awesome. And it's funny that you say that because I actually just launched my YouTube videos or well, my YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so this will be video and they will be able to see all the wonderful shades of color that you have. You're, you're so kind. <laughs> um, I, now, this, now I feel exposed. I, <laughs> that's such an amazing place to be as an entrepreneur. <laughs> Not literally, then you need me in my other career. But yeah. um, I love this conversation. I think this is such a fresh take on branding. It's a way to answer the questions of, I have multiple income streams. How do I tie myself into all of those? It's such an amazing place to be. So I wish that I had multiple hours to dig mm -hmm. into all the amazing things that you had done, but where can people find you if they want to follow up on your podcast, your books, your branding services? What's the best way to reach you? Yeah. So the best entry point is my website, www dot mark hyphen stinson s-t-i-n-s-o-n dot com and there you know are my books featured my podcast links uh descriptions of some of the uh, services workshops etc that i do uh, you mentioned one of them innovate uh i i do these workshops with eight people to create products to listen to customers etc so that's a lot of fun so the www.mark-stinson.com i'd love to connect with people on linkedin as well uh, for some reason there must have been somebody with my name before me my handle is stinson mark so just enter it in backwards and uh, you'll find me there i'd love to connect with you Awesome. And we will have all of those links in the show notes for people as well. Um, really quickly, this is the More Than Corporate podcast. We talk about success. We talk about all of those things. And I believe that you do not find success. You create it by being intentional about your decisions. So for you, how do you define success? What does it mean to you? Success is being able to look back to me on the day, the week, the month, the years and say, I guess I helped somebody, you know, I, I know it's popular now to say, you know, we want to serve people and, and I want to serve people, but, but I think there's this, did I lend a hand? Did I ease a load? Did I make somebody, you know, feel better about their work? I always said, if I could help people think more creatively, uh, break down barriers and have more fun at work, that would be a good day for me. And that's I how it. I would define success. I love it. I think that it's so important to start with that definition in everything that we do, because I see so many people that like accomplish all these amazing things and they climb this mountain and then they're like, well, shit, I didn't actually want to be here. So it's, a, it's <laughs> amazing to um, have you give that insight. Um, before we wrap up, I'd love to do a quick fun random round. Not that we haven't laughed enough today, but give people a chance to get to know you. Are you love okay with that? the random round. Here we awesome. go. If you could do anything other than what you're currently doing, what profession do you think it would be fun to attempt? I, I would like to be a, 
is related to podcasting and DJ, but I, I would like to be a music promoter. I, I love talented musicians, and I know the whole music business has completely changed with streaming and everything, and I, I would have to learn a lot, but since I love music and musicians, I would like to be some sort of music producer and promoter. I love it. And I was going to tell you before that you do have that radio DJ vibe to you. And, <laughs> and I love it. Um, however, I can't hear that term without thinking of never split the difference by Chris Voss. Have you? Have Absolutely. You, love yeah. It. So every yes. time I hear, I'm like the radio DJ voice. So I love it. <laughs> um, if you could time travel, where would you go and why? Uh, I would go back to the mid to late 1800s. Uh, we were talking woo-woo before, but I, I did have a psychic tell me once that I might have been some kind of professor in a past life. And so I, I see these streets of, you know, London, 1870, kind of, you know, it, it's like carrying the lantern, going down the streets and maybe going into the big... Uh, Cambridge University building as the professor. I'd love to see if that was true and time travel there. Yeah, that's interesting because that doesn't surprise me at all. Like <laughs> knowing you, I could totally see professor. Can you see it? And yeah. the, the kind of black robe. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, I love it. When you're consuming content, do you like to listen or are you a reader? You know, I love to read, but, and I do have a visual learning because uh, I can see it. I make models of it. You know, oh, that's a four point. That's a six point that goes in a hexagram, you know, and I, I create these anagrams and uh, what do you call them? Uh, I can't, acronyms. Uh, but I'm also an auditory learner in that, I, you know, from podcast to music and everything else, I will put the headphones in. I, I will listen to 17 podcasts on a cross country drive and I, you know, am not bored or I don't fall asleep. So there, there's a combination there. I love it. What resource do you think is something that every entrepreneur needs to consume, book or podcast? Wow. Um, you know, I, I will say one, one podcast uh, in particular that has nothing to do with entrepreneurship. And this, this is what's, because there is entree leadership. I do enjoy that HBR podcast, uh, the idea cast, I think it's called. But I listen to the Axe Files, and this is David Axelrod, the uh, political uh, consultant and guy on CNN. And I think it's because he knows a lot of people, so his Rolodex must be infinite, and he has terrific guests. But he does what you're doing, Amber, and that is, you know, I know Aaron Sorkin, you're a playwright, but I just want to talk to you about your person, you know, your history, your, you know, family. He'll talk to the mayor of New Orleans. What was it like at your dinner table, you know, since you had all these politicians coming to your house all the time? So it's a whole different, and it reminds me of what we were talking about with the connections. So the Axe Files, A-X-E Files. I love it. Um, and I, there are a few people that I am super, super excited to ask this question to. I'm excited to ask everybody, but some people are just above on the excitement level. And this is purely um, selfish on my part because I'm a music nerd. So I have to ask, what's your pump up song? What is that song that, you know, you're starting to drain down and you put on and you just can't have a bad day? <laughs> 
Boy, that is awesome. There are so many because I have an entire playlist for, you know, a half marathon or, you know, something I, I really do need to pump up for. And I don't know why, because when you just said it, I do think of that. This is my fight song by uh, Rachel Patton. And it's such a chick song. And it was like the Hillary introduction theme and all this. Why that came to my mind right now, <laughs> I have no idea, but I'll go with that. I love it. So <laughs> I give this caveat most of the time. I don't say it before because then people change their answer. Um, but I have created a playlist of everybody's pump up songs. So <laughs> I send it out to my guests. I'll send you an email with I it as well. Have this. <laughs> um, but every person that I have asked that question to their answer has gone on this playlist. And so it has everything from jazz to hardcore rap on it. And it's what I wake up to every morning. And it's like my motivation playlist from all my guests. So the re I stopped saying that in the beginning because people started changing their answers. They're like, wait, oh, wait, Sure. I have Too such much a better pressure. answer, but I'm like, nope, nope. You got stuck with it. So I absolutely love this conversation. I am sure that it will not be the last one that we have. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and share your insight in both branding and humanity and connection with the audience. Yeah. Well, how, uh, thanks for helping me feel comfortable doing all of the above. Oh, you're amazing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that's that sounds like something that you're interested in. The name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.